Um, we're going to be in Matthew 25 uh, the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, we're going to start there today. If you have Bibles or phones that you want to read along, you can. Um, or, I'm not going to put it up on the screen just yet, um, invite you to just kind of hear this, this parable that we're going to read today. Hear it. See what stands out to you. See what catches your attention. Um, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. Jesus says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps... They took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You'd better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of the Lord? <laughs> I like other parables better. Sow some seeds, right? Mustard seed, the widow's mite, right? I like, I like those parables a little bit better. Um, one person I was reading in preparation for today pulled together this parable with some other sayings that we've read in Matthew. Um, so maybe from uh, Matthew 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Although, to get there, you'll need large oil reserves, so forget the first part of what I said. <laughs> store up for yourselves oil on earth so that you'll have treasure in heaven. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll wear, worry about your oil. That's the main thing. <laughs> worry about whether you have enough for you and forget about everyone else. They're not your problem. <laughs> One more. Or, and everything, do unto others as you would have them do to you. And everything that is except oil, which changes all the rules. <laughs> the feeding of the 5,000 would be a little tricky too with this kind of... Uh, parable of the kingdom in mind. Um, 
not many would have gotten their, their food. It's a tough passage. It's also tough because it's a, it's a tradition that's kind of waning, right? Or, or that feels archaic, right? That it's the role of bridesmaids to welcome in a bridegroom to get a wedding going. Um, that feels a little bit kind of, um, I don't know, just not something we, uh, we um, practice uh, like maybe they did uh, when this was written. And then, quite frankly, it just seems a little bit of unfair, right? Bridesmaids show up. They're all there. They all have their lamps. They all fall asleep. And a few of them, the Boy Scouts of the group, I guess, um, bring some oil. And thank you. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The Scouts. Yeah, the Scouts. Um, And then, frankly, it's a tough passage when you think about all that's going on in our world, and you go, is this even relevant? I mean, come on. A week ago, after worship, Brett came up to me and showed me his headline of what had happened in Texas. Senseless violence. It's the world we live in. And what's even crazier, it's it's not even on our news feeds anymore, right? It's done. And this is the first Sunday since the day it happened. Um, We're so used to it. Um, Trisha sharing about the patriarchy of Hollywood, right? We read about male predators this week. Um, This time in our beloved Hollywood. Um, how does a passage like this matter that seems so kind of archaic, right? Um, speaking of things that fall off radars, a care for immigrants, um, DACA just seems like it never even existed now. Um, and then our work with the IRC, that's such a huge piece of legislation um, for our work. Abby reminded us last month or last week that this month is Adoption Awareness Month. Um, and so I just did some quick research, and if this was quick. So um, pardon me if, if it's not exactly true, but I think it tells the story that there's 428,000 children in foster care in our country, 55,000 in the state of California, 28 of which thousand are in L.A. County. And so you hear about, we, we're so aware of all of this stuff, right? And then, and then I'm struck by the meaning of that song we just sang. Come, Holy Spirit, inhabit the houses of your faithful. And the busyness of life and the variety of roles that we play and the work that we have to do just to pay the mortgage or the rent, we're tired. And so a song like that, at least to me, just like hits so deep. And, and you wonder, like, what's a story like this? Ten bridesmaids and a bridegroom and getting left out because have oil reserves. What's that have to do with anything that we're going through? A couple things about this story that struck out to me. One, one I'll start with the, with the story. I've gotten to do a number of um, weddings um, of people of Mountainside, people of the San Gabriel Valley, because I've been here so long. Um, 
And when I, when I sit down with a couple to do a wedding, one of the first things I say to them as we're planning out the details is like, hey, just so you know, these are all set. It looks good. Something is going to go wrong. And when it does, your wedding has come alive. So don't worry. It's the real thing at that point. The best example of this might have been, this happens every wedding, but the best example might have been Daniel and Megan's wedding. Um, so I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we had this wedding. It was all set, right? It was all dialed in. We were heading towards this amazing banquet afterwards. And they had decided we're going to do Eucharist during the wedding. And so it was going to be this beautiful, liturgical, Eucharistic gathering with a big party at the end. It's everything the gospel is about, right? And we get halfway through the liturgy, and I'm kind of doing my thing, and Daniel and Megan are looking so good, doing, you know, looking at each other and me and all that. And all of a sudden, we're on this big stage, and I look over, and all the groomsmen have walked down the platform have grabbed the Eucharist kind of serving trays and juice, and they are all lined up ready to give the Eucharist. Problem being, we're only halfway there. <laughs> we're not quite there yet. And so I have to look down, I'm like, Psst, guys, come on back. <laughs> and so they take these things and they put them back, the whole place, everybody's laughing at them, which was great. And they walk back up the platform and they kind of get back in their line and then we kind of proceed with what was going on. And it was the moment that everything came alive because everyone was laughing hysterically. And, and these guys, these, these bridegrooms, I don't know if you will, um, took it very well. What's awesome about that story is what was going on that day, what was going on in that party that we had afterwards, what God has been doing in Daniel and Megan's marriage, it has nothing to do with what those guys did. It has nothing to do with these bridesmaids that we read about. We are looking for a party. We are looking for a celebration of God's fullness that has very little, if, if anything at all, to do with our ability to make it happen. Amen? We have to start looking at this story in that way. That what we are looking for, God's fullness in Christ, um, where peace reigns, um, where joy is experienced by all, um, where the, the rattlesnake that we saw on a clamshell trail yesterday as a family lays down with, with the child, um, we kind of shoot it off. We think Ari ran it over. Um, <laughs> that's not part of the vision. Um, what we're looking for, as we look at all these things going on in our world, and if we look into this gospel, it's not dependent on, on us. It's dependent on the living Christ, whose spirit is with us. Amen? And so what that means is this... Um, it involves waiting. Um, this parable, it's set right between um, Jesus' kind of announcement of his crucifixion and his movement towards it. It's in a real pivotal spot in the gospel. There's some serious waiting going on. Moment. 
Um, these bridesmaids, they're waiting, right? All of them, all ten. And they all fall asleep. Um, and let's admit that waiting for Jesus' imminent return is difficult for most of us to entertain. Perhaps maybe for a few that like to take up the tail end of the rose parade, right? For a lot of us, it's difficult to just even get our minds around that. That someday God is going to return in fullness. Um, but let's also recognize the opportunities for waiting for Jesus' presence that we do get to be a part of each and every day. Um, the small things. The little acts of justice that we try to muster up the energy for. Um, the coming alongside of one another, people in our households, people at our work, to provide encouragement, grace, forgiveness. These are little acts of waiting for God's fullness um, that is going to come um, one day. And finally, today what I want us to kind of really focus on is let's admit that we get tired in doing all that we're about. Um, let's, let's admit that when we think about all the big things going on that I named earlier, when we think about our own lives, we too run out of oil. We just run out of gas. We're weary in our work. We're frustrated by the lack of outcomes. Distracted by a million different things. We're foolish bridesmaids. And we can find our place in the story there. Um, I think one thing that really stood out to me as I read through this is the story never says how much oil each of these bridesmaids had at home. Right? I mean, for all we know, those bridesmaids that brought the oil that day in this story, that might be the last oil they have. Those bridesmaids that didn't bring enough, Maybe they didn't bring enough because they had it stockpiled at home, barrels. Um, maybe vice versa. We don't know. I think what this passage is pointing out is that in the moment, though they all fell asleep, though they all were hopefully waiting, um, some of the bridesmaids had oil on hand to get them. Through the night. Maybe there's a story about how much oil you have and how much you carry with you. Um, all ten bridesmaids had lamps. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. The wise ones brought flasks of oil with their lamps. 
when it was time to wait for the bridegroom. The foolish ones had nothing going. And the party depends on none of them. The party depends on God. Amen? So what does that look like? What does it look like to carry our oil? To have it on hand when we need it? Because we're going to run out. We're going to be in our kitchen with people requesting food with no patience or food perhaps for that matter because we haven't had time to go get it. And we're going to want to lose our mind. You don't understand how hard it is to get this food. We're going to work and work and work, try to do the best that we can, take a look at the clock and realize we've been doing this for way too many hours this many week, this week, and we're going to be out of oil. Um, we're going to take a look at our relationships, our marriages maybe. We're going to realize, wow, all I talk about with my spouse is the carpool schedule. Or the chores that need to be done. Or the work that we're both doing because we both have to work so hard and so many hours to pay this crazy rent. Um, we're going to run out of oil. And I think this story is a reminder to us. A, um, perhaps a permission-giving story. To remember, what, what does it take for me to have oil on hand? I don't need it stockpiled. I don't need barrels and barrels and barrels. But I need, I need enough oil on hand um, when, the, when the time is right or when the time is needed. I flew to Kansas City. Every preacher has an airplane story. This is not really that. But they did do the, they did do the whole thing, right? Where the, the attendant stands in the aisle and says, hey, in case we crash, you know, it's always a great reminder when you get on a plane, um, grab the mask that comes down and before you help anyone else with their mask, what do you got to do? you got to stick your mask on. Um, the party doesn't depend on you and me sticking our masks on first. Because some of you are looking at me like, Josh, I can't stick my mask on first. I got all this going on. Underline all of this. The party does not depend on us. Um, but I think it's a nice reminder to put on our masks. It's, it's, it's permission giving. Um, now, what does that look like to put on our masks? I think it looks all kinds of different ways. Um, all kinds of different ways. Um, Dorothy Day had a little Dorothy Day quote for us. Um, there's a study for women, um, not Boy Scouts, women, um, coming up in January on Dorothy Day. Um, but she, and she's not alone in this, she kind of distinguishes between the spiritual works of mercy which are to admonish the sinner, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, 
comfort the sorrowful, bear wrongs patiently, forgive, and pray for the living and the dead. One way to fill up is to do these things with one another, to pray, to forgive, to encourage. Um, we might add create, rest, worship. Um, one way to fill up is to do those things. She goes on and talks about the corporal works of mercy, which are to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to ransom the captive, to harbor the homeless, to visit the sick, to bury the dead. Here's where I think we get into trouble is we read that and we think we've got to solve those things. We've got to make the party happen, the wedding to be done in its fullness if we're going to be about those things. And I think what she might be inviting us to think about, no, 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 no. Small, small gesture. Um, feed the hungry. You might find yourself filling yourself with oil. Um, listen to someone. Um, their oil might be full, filled up and yours might as well. One, one of the things that the foolish bridesmaids fail to understand is that in a time when you're unsure of the time you're in, which I think that's us, a time when you're unsure of the time you're in, all this stuff is going on. Um, in the dark, you must keep the lamps ready if they are not able to overcome the darkness. God will overcome this darkness. God will come overcome the darkness in your life. Call here is to have some oil on hand and to light your lamp with what is in front of you. Amen? So care for strangers and immigrants. Um, this is not, I'm just going to, trust me here. Come to a work day. Come on. <laughs> the reality is we don't have the resources to clean Jonathan's office and Jimmy's office and Jean's office. But they are caring for immigrants, I can attest, every single day. Just come and help them. Light your lamp. Um, call about DACA. Make that phone call, that one that you put off, right? Um, make that phone call. Um, to keep that on our, 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 our legislators' minds. Um, foster care. Pray for people in our body. Um, come alongside and visit the, the Fostadopt group um, when appropriate, depending on their plan for the night. Um, Love a friend. Um, open up your heart in prayer. Um, violence. What do we do about all this? Um, we're not going to solve it on our own, right? Um, there's a, a group called the Violence Policy Center. 
Go on their website. I can get you the link. Just read a little bit. Donate if you can. Um, you might find that your oil gets filled up by just a little act. Because the party is not dependent on us. The party is dependent on God. There's a great story in, uh, in our vocation curriculum about Malin Lingle. How many of you are reading books right now? There's a small little reading group come, forming here at church, Malin Lingle books. Um, some of you? Yeah. Starts in January. Okay, you have time. Um, she, uh, she is a woman who lived in New York City during the civil rights movement in the 1960s. And as a writer, young wife and mother, felt the pull, like many in her generation, um, to join the freedom rides that many northerners were taking to the south. And she didn't go. She chose to stay home, to write, to tend her family. Um, who knows what that brought up in her, right? Oh, I need to be on those rides. Oh, I need to be doing that thing. Um, but her writing was the thing that gave her oil. Um, and her writing is what God had called her to. Um, and now, years later, we as a church have a small group formed to read her work. And so we're grateful that she had oil on hand. Um, so what is it for you this morning? How are you going to have oil on hand? For some of us, it's the little things I just mentioned. I want to just kind of get after one of these big issues that I wish I could solve, but I can't, but I can do something small. Um, for some of you, it's, I need to write like Madeline Lingle. Or I have got to get on a trail soon and hike to the top. Um, I don't know what it is for you. But may the, the word of, of the gospel today give us the freedom to make some space in our lives that we might have oil on hand. Um, what I want to do is the musicians back up and we can sing something we've already sang. We can sing something different, maybe, maybe something familiar. Because what I want all of us to do is to, to ponder these questions while we sing. Um, what fills you up when, you dry, when you're dry? What replenishes your oil? Where do you find God? Um, listen to the Spirit among us. Perhaps there's a, a concrete takeaway that God might give, give us today. Um, but let's sing together as we reflect on that.